You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the special edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills-Gilbert. Got it in order. I know. I'm a, I'm a pro, man. From AT&T Stadium in beautiful Arlington, Texas, where it is currently 197 degrees in the morning. But 75 degrees inside. Yes, it is very nice here in the stadium. So it is day two as we record this of the two-day Big 12 Media Days. I wonder if we'll go back to three days next year. We'll have to, won't we? I've never been to a three-day Media Yeah, usually it used to be four, four, and four. Now it's five and five. It's very, very high-tech here. You can hear the new Texas Tech coach in the background. Uh, His name is uh, Old Trapper, I think. Is that his name? How do you say it? How do you say it? Old Trapper. Old Trapper. He's talking about being a high school coach, which is a good sales message. Now, we're going to hit the road today. K-State win on day one. I hope you enjoyed our coverage from that. Lots more to come as we go through the weekend and maybe even next week. And uh, it was a good day for the Wildcats. I think a lot of media um, that's not based in Austin, Texas, particularly for the newspaper, has a lot of respect for this K-State team. That certain media outlet seems to have no respect for anyone except their egos. So that's kind of fun. That's been a fun sidelight, the condescending tone from the Austin newspaper, collectively, all of them. It's been a group effort, and it's impressive. But one of the highlights of Big 12 Media Days isn't talking to the coaches or the players or, or the free food, which is always a highlight for the media because my theory is the media is just like grizzly bears. If you want us to come around, you feed us, but eventually we'll turn on you. And it's very true. But every morning at Big 12 Media Day, Days starts with this little tidbit that never leaves our hopes and dreams. In fact, Zach Carlson... Has this on loop and an MP3. My, it is my favorite moment of the summer. So here we go. Zach Carlson, take over. Mic check. One, two, three, four. Every day. Five, six, it's not a seven, mic check. It's eight, nine, ten. This is the 825 <laughs> mic check. One, One. two, three, mm, four. It's music. Five. Oh, it's beautiful. Six. Seven, eight. There's audio engineers nine, touching themselves right ten. now. <laughs> Checking the mic. mic check. <laughs> Checking the mic. When when will the next mic check be? In ten minutes. <laughs> it's every day. It's amazing. It's the same cadence, even though it's not the same person. It's the no, same. No, it's thing. the same guy. It's the same guy. Same. Well, I don't think only, it, this, is only my, this is only my third time, and it's it's, it's always it's impressive. The same guy. It's impressive. I think we got some pretty good questions from Wildbass Station today. But remember, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Whenever you're in Manhattan, stop at the fridge, and go get you some. Oh, I like that. That's I a like good that. one. I like that. That's go, a good read right there. Go get you some. 
I think, uh, hey, and if you haven't had uh, any products from our friends at Manhattan Brewing Company, I believe they're there now, or they will be there soon, as they are now canning more of their products. People seem to love it. Seem to love it. When they start canning vodka, I'll have that. Okay. Ooh, canned vodka, Zach. I might just come on. That might be my billion-dollar idea. Does it have, like, some Sprite in it? By chance, Some Ooh, yeah, it could be. Going with you know, there, there's the new pre-mixed cocktail thing going on here, and we've got a new product that's coming to Kansas. We'll tell you about more in the future, but I'm thinking, that, yeah, this would be a pre-mixed cocktail, but at 80 proof, so it's mixed with a can. Mm. Just, just vodka. Interesting. Is Gills alive over there? I don't know. I am. But Gills, Gills is a little bit more uh, passive on the uh podcast today he's been actually typing and writing and and doing stuff and the rest of us nothing not we're just hanging out well zach's done stuff cole and i have been eating old trapper uh beef jerky now old trapper has taken over the sponsorship of a lot of big 12 things including this event and i don't mean to make anyone jealous but i just talked to old trapper the guy the actual guy he's right over there he he looks shockingly like the mountaineer it's scary i fact, thought it was the mountaineer yesterday we thought it was the mountaineer but it is not the mountaineer it is Ooh, trapper there's that's no who it mascots is. here what there's no mascots here it's weird there's no, no mascots or no cheerleaders that's kind of everything it never made sense why they were here but they're not here anymore you know what it is we don't want texas and oklahoma to enjoy nice things so not that this podcast is average but Matt Campbell's talking next. So, well, is, is that a good transition? This podcast will be a memorable eight win season. That'll go down and lower. I like Matt Campbell quite a bit. I just think he's oversold. Just a little bit oversold. But uh, yeah, Old Trapper, it's, it's interesting because there is so much free Old Trapper here. But to sum up how soft all of us in the media are, including myself, I, I know this because I asked for it. The basic. Old Trapper jerky is gone. They now have some teriyaki, which I'm not into teriyaki, beef jerky. The hot and spicy. Which was good yesterday. The hot and spicy? Yes. Yes. It was kind of like uh, me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, they, they also have peppered. I like peppered jerky. But in a strange turn of events, the peppered is much hotter than the hot and spicy. I feel like Old Trapper's a liar. But I like him. And honestly, I want to pet his beard. Which would be weird. Would, would I get kicked out? Zach's giving Probably. the finger. Yeah, don't. Yeah, move on. Here we go. It's, your question's from Wildbass Station. It's not finger. A he's, hand signal to move on. He's fingering me. Uh, here we go. Zach Carlson is getting out of hand, but Cole Carmody. It's you that's out of hand. <laughs> it's all caused by Zach. Here's your questions. First question comes from Chris66204. What are your initial impressions of the new commissioner? Love him. I want to cuddle him. He's like a little Yoda. He's he's not very big. It's kind of funny. He's uh, he confessed that he was a, a drummer. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. But then later he confessed that the band was only like a garage band and they didn't have a name. Now let me ask you something, Ron Gilbert. If you formed a garage band with like Cole. Uh, and other uh, friends you have. You don't have other friends, but anyhow. Friends. Uh, you formed a band, and all you were going to do is go play in the garage for your own enjoyment. Would you name the band? Nah. You wouldn't? 
I would not. I if would, Cole's in my band, then no. Ooh. Cole, where, where do you stand on that? I would name it Ojos Locos. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I think there's a bar down here named that, but I, you might get it in a lawsuit. I would probably name it uh, Cole and Gills. C and G? Oh, I like that. Are we going to answer the question or not? <laughs> we all like him. I like him a lot. Um, he is very personable. He was, um, I'm just going to say this. I think he's going to be a pain in the ass for anyone at the negotiating table. Which, if you read up on his history, he signed up just a changing deal for NASCAR in his brief time there. And his, well, he would, hadn't been there long when he brought on a new sponsorship and just changed the trajectory of that organization completely. I feel good that he's the guy that's going to be looking for the new media contract because he's plugged in. He's a New York guy. He is moving to Dallas, by the way. I thought that was interesting. But uh, he doesn't officially start till August 1. So he was just here um, doing doing the good work as he finishes up his job with Jay-Z. I think starting off with him saying the Big 12 is open for business was the absolute right thing to say at the very beginning to, awesome. to get it off on the right foot. You know, it, a year ago, I don't think anybody at this point at Media Days, nobody was expecting OU or Texas to leave. Then eight days later, and funny enough, Bob Bowlesby joked about it, saying that he was blindsided by it. A little bit of humor from him was nice, but um, I think the conference is just in a completely different position a year later. You know, and and it comes off the tails of USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. So now. I think the Big T- the Big Twelve is in an excellent position uh, going forward, and you know after OU and Texas left, people were concerned. You know, will the Big Twelve survive? And I think the national media probably would have said, "Yeah, they're not going to survive, and we don't really want them to survive." But when you you know throw the wrench into the the plans, I guess with UC- USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, that changes things. And I think that Brett Yormark completely understands that everything has changed. And um, being in that geographical center of the country is a huge benefit for the Big 12. Agreed. Thoughts? Nobody? Nobody? I don't know. I just feel like you. it's important to look at Yormack and his history because he is an East Coast guy who had tons of success in NASCAR. Like yeah, that's a, a New lot. Yorker. Yeah, not a not an East not an East Coast guy, a New Yorker. So if there's any question as to can he relate to somebody who's not within his own you know realm of um, circle of people, I mean, if you can have success being from New York in a mostly Southern sport, and like he talked about that, you know, uh, when he was up there on stage, he's like, we made it a national brand. That's what he wants the Big Twelve to do, and I thought that was awesome. You know, without knowing much about him before him speaking right just knowing the basics i was honestly blown away and compared to bob bowlsby he's a little bit more interesting to listen to and i feel like there's a little bit more sense of direction of what he wants to do great gills did you find him to be an attractive man Mm-mm. okay i'd rather have bowlsby okay that's an Sorry, answer Omar. here we go all right next question comes from tn cat what are the odds that the Big 12 announces teams that will be joining the league before the start of football season? It, I would say lower than I ever imagined they would be. It, it feels like Brett Yormark's going to be really calculated on how he goes about this. And I kind of picked up that they're not making a decision until he is the commissioner. 
So it is his call, along with the chancellors and presidents. But I just thought that was a fascinating approach. He said he's getting a lot of phone calls. And honestly, I think the Big 12 is just waiting to see what the heck is going on with the Pac-12, ACC, ESPN nonsense. Because the Pac-12 said they're opening up their rights negotiations right now um, in you know kind of a hurry to get their value. And they're going to find their value is much lower than it was. And there's nothing that they can add. I mean, if they could get Notre Dame to join the conference, that would help. But that's about it. There's nothing out west that's going to vastly upgrade their their worth because, the, I mean, USC and UCLA are literally irreplaceable for what's in their neighborhood. Boise and San Diego would be the best two products, maybe, the best two followings. But that's not going to move the needle much. I... I I don't know exactly what they think they're going to do. If they do exist, they'll be like a power five with an asterisk. They'll be like a, it'll be power four and a half. They'll exist in this realm between, well, I mean, honestly, there'll be tiers. There'll be the Big 12 SEC. There'll be, the, excuse me, the Big 10 SEC, then the Big 12 ACC, and uh, then the Pac-12. It'd be like if the Big 12 didn't add Cincinnati for football. Right. If they just added UCF and Houston, Houston, right, and didn't add BYU or right, right, yeah, I left out two big brands. Yeah, this is the issue: is the Big Twelve added the four best non-Power Five brands that were remaining by a big mark. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're the Pac-12, maybe you think about this is a possibility. I don't think it moves the needle that much. But it might be their best option. When you stop and pause, as I've been pointing out, if you didn't think the academics of the Big 12 were up to your standards, then Boise, San Diego, and UNLV and Colorado State ain't doing it. But I have heard the word Texas mentioned a number of times related to the Pac-12, and maybe they make a move for SMU and Rice. Rice appeases the Stanford, Cal, snotty, snooty crowd that wants academics. SMU, from what I've heard in the Big 12 studies was very comparable to some of the other schools they brought in and was considered, probably came in fifth for that expansion spot, which I would have been horrified if they added two more Texas schools yeah. to the Big 12. But, um, yeah, I think that might be their best move. But, guys, does that, Gills, does that help the Pac-12 to add SMU and Rice? No. You, you can't shake your head, man. You it's a podcast. Talk. It's a podcast. Verbal no. So I, I want to know. It, it asks for odds. You're you're a gambling man, Mr. Gilbert. Never, never. So what, what? What's your favorite gambling game to play? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, there it is. When it asks the odds, I'm curious. What if you were an odds maker in Las Vegas? What would you legitimately set that, the odds at? Before we get to that, let's. I want to talk about. Cal and Stanford, if you're going to bring in Rice and SMU or even, you know, another religious school, Stanford and Cal and those other schools are going to have to get over themselves really quickly if they intend on surviving in an athletics world. And quite frankly, if you look at any schools in the country right now that might just say, you know what, we don't really need athletics, it'd probably be Stanford or Cal, or at least going independent. Maybe, maybe staying with, with athletics, but I could see them totally saying we'd rather be independent 
than let in a school like SMU or BYU, you know, if you're asking a year ago or Notre Dame. I just don't see it ever happening. But odds on it happening? I, Gills, I'm curious. 50, 50%? Yeah. I think it's 50-50. SMU going to the Pac-12? No. no more of the no, Big 12. Big 12 adding yeah. Pac-12 teams. Mm. Oh, 50%. I'd say higher than that. I'd say it's 75. Yeah. The I think it's going to happen. They're at gonna least get one Pac-12 team? Before football season? Oh. You were saying not before football season, Fitz, well, right? that gives him a whole month. I don't I, – I I would go less than 50%. I'll say yeah. higher. Yeah, I I'm, I get what you're saying. I kind of lost track of the question. Yeah, before football season. Business. He does. He'll, he'll get it done. He does. I, I Look, he was incredibly vague. He did not address any other school, anything. But I think he already knows – what he would like to do. Oh, for sure. And he needs to execute the plan. But I get the feeling that the Pac-12 schools are all like, we're gonna, they're going to offer us $40 million a school, and that's fine. And then they're going to get 20 or 25 and And then the gap between what the Big 12. Now, what amazes me about this whole chaos and trash that's going on in college athletics, the Pac-12 knows its value dropped. So they have turned their attention to trashing the Big 12 and attempting to say those four schools they added don't bring anything. They, they should be 25, too. <laughs> so instead of raising their value, they're trying to lower another conference's value to make them feel better. It, this whole realignment thing is just absolute chaos. And that's not true. Everything we're hearing, and this is the advantage the Big 12 has, and I've emphasized this before, they... The Big 12 went through this 10 years ago, and it was traumatic. They lost four institutions and added two. They should have added four then. But it should have been Cincinnati and Louisville should already be in the conference, period. But they didn't do it. They went through that trauma, and they healed for 10 years before they suffered their second trauma, which was probably worse in terms of what the core of the Big 12 was preserved to be, which was Oklahoma and out of the Big Eight, joining Texas out of the Southwest Conference. But they did a good job responding to that. The Pac-12 is about to suffer all the trauma at once. They've had their major trauma front, and the Big 12 had it on the back. And now, if anyone else leaves, I think they're done. If anyone else indicates we're not going to continue, which I think Oregon and Washington might say, we aren't signing any grant of rights. We'll be in your conference, but we're not signing anything. And then that drops the value of the conference dramatically. Or they say, we'll sign something, but we can exit whenever we want, and then the grant of rights ends for everyone. That, that's certainly what ESPN would want. So they're just in a bad position because I think what you know they call the four corner schools that have been talked about coming in with – uh, BYU, which Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, which thinks they're a Big Ten institution, <laughs> and Colorado, which actually might be a Big Ten institution, but knows it's not going to get an invite anytime soon. Right. So, I mean, if they bring in two of those schools, Pac-12 is done. Oregon and Washington say no, Pac-12 is done. Stanford and Cal say none of these schools meet our academic standards, met with athletic standards, and oh, by the way. We don't want religious schools. We talked to TCU and Baylor and made them feel good last last time around, but we don't. We're, we're, we're above have sharing space with bad academics or, or God. <laughs> so when I talk about culture and cultural fits, 
it, it really isn't anything about politics. It's about the importance of college athletics on your campus. Right. Which might tie into politics in some way if you want to go there, but that's not what I mean. Do they value, as in school, first of all, college athletics? Is it an important thing to them? And I think the answer for Colorado, Stanford, and Cal is no. Although Stanford has this almost Ivy League approach where we're going to create opportunities in 4,000 sports. But I've been there for a college football game. And people are like, well, they were on vacation and they just... Well, first of all, if your students aren't on campus for a third of college football season, that's a problem for me. That tells you all you need to know. But I come back to this. It wasn't about the fans as much as how the institution handled college game day and the just casual nature. Like, I felt like I was in a baseball press box, a college baseball press box, not a college football press box. There was no big-time feel. There wasn't even a Mountain West feel to this. It was a weird place. So I think those two institutions might say, we don't want to expand. That, too, will end the Pac-12. There are so many scenarios in the Pac-12, and I feel like Brett Yormark is like, you guys do what you need to do because it ain't going to work. This guy's going to be a bulldog at the negotiating table, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. When Fox, your TV partner for years in the Pac-12, says, nah, we're not even bothering bidding, and really your only bid's going to be a low ball from ESPN, you're done. You're done. They don't want, ESPN doesn't want the Pac-12 for anything other than Pac-12 After Dark. That's the only part of their contract they care about. Good call, Fitz. Next question comes from Rusty Shackelford. Did I say that right, Zach? Yes. I, I used to have a Rusty Shackelford, but then I got it chromed. Okay, sure. Uh, Fitz mentioned some snarky questions from the Texas media in his walk and talk, but it's hard to hear anything from the YouTube videos. Can you give us a little more insight on that? Well, the first question was to your mark and Bullsby. Was it your mark or Bullsby took the? Your, your it was your mark. Your mark yeah. took all about the just about. You know what? About just conference expansion in general for the Big Twelve, and it came from the Austin yeah. newspaper. And I'm, I'm literally like, why the hell do you care? Why are they asking questions in the first place is my, is my question. Yeah. I, why do you care what the Big 12 adds? Well, do the, do the people in Austin care about no. what happens? Okay. So that, is all, that, <laughs> that answers they, your question. They, they only care if the Big 12 collapses. Right. It's this weird need. Missouri had it. Colorado had it. Nebraska had it. A&M had it. Well, now that we're leaving, you guys can't exist without us. You know who else has it? Kansas. Yeah, it does. And I think most of us have realized now after losing six founding institutions of the Big 12, uh, the conference is bigger than that. There is something about it. Do I think they need to rebrand? Yes, but I just... And then we came back and we have a bad name for it when all the media kind of gangs up around... uh, an individual for a private session of banging him with questions, but I won't say what we call it. Um, we're all around your Mark. He's hand, he, he made a point of introducing himself to everyone in the group. He was impressed. Shook all of Good. our hands. Um, but then he was asked uh, about what did he mean about uh, improving the brand? Was that what it was? about? I can't remember what exactly the verbiage was. How do you mean um, 
going to modernize things. He talked about what? Yeah, younger, younger and hipper, and cooler. That was it. Yeah. Well, how? Did, what do you mean? And I literally, I it was from another member of the same newspaper, the Austin American Statesman, and I almost looked at him, and it's someone I respect, and Brian Davis, his name. I almost, I almost blurted out, Brian, why do you care? What what does it matter to Texas readers if after you leave, the Big Twelve becomes younger and hipper? Because the basis, the foundation of the question is, you can't possibly be younger or hipper without Texas. What are you thinking? We're leaving. You guys will be nobody. There was such a condescending tone, and then to have Deuce Vaughn ask about, did you go in the port- transfer portal? Did you want to go in the transfer portal? So, Jesus. next question. And that was not from our friend Jeff Ketchum, who, uh, <laughs> of course, isn't here. So next question, and the last question in the first half, deals with directly that. So we can talk about that a little sorry, bit more. Jeff Ketchum. From Adam K 63 did it seem unprofessional by the Texas media to ask Deuce why he didn't transfer after last season? Absolutely. Would we like to give some backstory on this, first of all? Well, yeah. Um, and, and Jeff Ketchum, uh, who runs the, uh, well, he owns the Rivals Texas site. He's, He's not been, here? He, well, he doesn't go to anything. He doesn't do anything, yeah. He lives in Houston now. He doesn't even live in Austin. He hasn't been to a press conference at Texas in what I'm told is 10 years. <laughs> There is no one more lazy and sloth-like, and I say that as someone who's sloth-like, in, in our industry. And he tweeted out about Deuce Vaughn's transfer and get away from it. So this apparently wasn't his one-off trolling. This is something Texans, the Texas media seems to think. Now, our, our friends at the 24-7 site, I'm really close with them. They're terrific. They don't ask any of this crap. They cover Texas. That's what they're worried about. But there seems to be a thread here that... Um, why why would a good player want to stay at K State? This was, and this happened at the very end of the press conference. Like this question did not need to be asked. Ryan Lackey, the SID, is standing right outside of the door to where he comes out and takes Deuce out and puts. I think it would have been Daniel Green up next. And this question comes. I think it was from a national guy. I think it was. Was it not? Was it from an Austin guy? I thought it was from an Austin guy. Either way, I mean, he literally said. Well, they think they're national guys. Yeah, <laughs> he's he said. Deuce, did you think about, did you ever think about entering the transfer portal or has Kansas State always been the school for you? Like, what do you, what on earth do you think he's going to say? Like, is he going to be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I had some NIL opportunities and I, I could have gone somewhere else. I kind of wish I was at Texas. Like, what? What? Just so weird. So weird. Zach, you any thoughts on this? Because I got a rant. Go for it. Rant on. So when I got in this industry, uh, you know, the fan magazine became fan website industry. We were looked down upon. And I was I was kind of the unicorn because I was an experienced newspaper person. So I, those who knew me kind of respected me more than other publishers. And there has been a phase of our industry hiring fans to run sites with no journalistic background. And it shows up once in a while. But as now that I've come over to 24-7, and this was a big reason why, these are professional publishers run by professional people with all journalism backgrounds who, who have been in this industry or in journalism for many years. So there's no like fan sites. There's sites for the fans to enjoy their coverage of their team. But we make a great effort to conduct ourselves as professional journalists. Now, from 20 years ago when I got into this, more than that, that is a shocking change in some ways. Because as you look around here, 
It's many of the, quote, fan sites who are now the more professional and respected media. And the reaction of the dinosaur media, the failing media, which I'm not, I'm not making fun of them, just times change. I mean, someone owned a covered wagon business that went out of business at one point. Uh, I mean, things evolve and change, and the newspaper industry was slow to come to Internet coverage because that was beneath them. Don't, don't believe that it was just we didn't understand it. That was beneath them. They had to put things in print because they were more serious than everyone else. And that was kind of the personality of the entire industry. Now, now that these guys sadly are realizing that there's no, there's no completion point for their careers. If you're 45, you're not probably making it to retirement as a newspaper person. They think the answer is, well, we lost our industry to the, the guys that root for teams. Not understanding, no, we cover teams, but we cover teams for one school specifically. As I always say, we practice community journalism at Go Powercat. Just like if you read the newspaper in Abilene, but all of our community wears purple. Now these guys have actually turned into the fans that are functioning as journalists because they know, and this is the cold honest truth, if they don't vote Texas one, two, or three in their poll, and they put the Longhorns at five, if they think Texas isn't quite there yet and they say six, their readers will turn on them and cancel subscriptions and someone in their department is going to lose a job because the money drops. So now they have just sold out and they have become the fanboys of the media. They have become everything they said we were and never were. So I'm just fascinated to watch the evolution of the industry around me and the lack of professionalism of guys who come from old archaic media that you think would still be functioning as professional journalists. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. We'll be right back after this break. We're at AT AT&T Stadium, and we're sponsored by The Fridge, which is not here. They did not bring the store down here. Unbelievable. I know. i got to talk to Kevin about this. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat Podcast continues after this short break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. 
Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert from down here in Arlington, Texas. The Leewood of DFW. I don't even know. The independence of DFW. That's better. No, no. That's where the stadium is. No, okay. But I I thought you were trying to make a comparison to affluent communities. Where's Worlds of Fun, technically? Uh, Liberty? No, it's not that far. Yeah, it is. Worlds it's of Liberty. Fun. No, Worlds of Fun is in Kansas City. That is a lie. I know it's in Liberty. Zach, you get on this. Uh, no, excuse me, Cole, you get on this. Very important information. Arlington is smack dab in the middle of uh, Dallas and Fort Worth. So while oh, it seems right. convenient, it is Always. not convenient at all. I mean, we're just kind of here in the nether world. We had a nice event for 24-7 sports at Top Golf in Fort Worth. It was a 30-minute drive. Yeah. Which, look, big big cities, that's not bad. Not bad at all. But, we did have to make a pit stop. Well, for Nick. Yeah. We had to pick up our Iowa State managing editor who was having a fun day after he was working. Because his day's today. <laughs> Nick, if you're out there, man, I hope you feel okay. I saw him walking around here earlier. I'm, I'm proud of him. He's young. He can do this. He can do this. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge every time you're in Manhattan because they have the best prices, the best selection, and the best employees to help you find exactly what you need for your party. And now, since Kansas has moved out of the dark ages, they can give you everything you need for your party. Limes and mixers and cups and even Red Bull and hangover meds like the hangovers drinks oh it's so good doesn't work for me get into the fridge every time cole you know what i'm gonna say now go get you some there we go (laughs) this sounds awful here's your questions from wildbass station cole take it away first question of the second half comes from email wildcat 82 so how cool for k-state to have the most players on the big 12 preseason team how has this statistic correlated to past teams in terms of how many of them reached the big 12 championship game there might be some exhaustive research required to answer that second part of that question. What was it? Give me the second part again. It says, how has this statistic correlated to past wow. teams in terms of how many of them reached the Big 12 championship okay. game? Well, considering OU makes the championship game nearly every year, and they probably have a ton yeah. of guys on the list. Um, who asked the question again? I'm sorry. From Emaw Wildcat 82. Uh, Emaw Wildcat 82. This would require some research, and uh, I, I don't do research for this podcast. I don't. And honestly, I've been joking about that. I, I would like to know, has there ever been a time when the team that had the most first-team selections was picked as low as five in the poll? There's no way. No way, because it's exactly what Zach said. Yeah. It's usually Oklahoma or Texas, and there'll be, if they've got that much talent, they're going to be one or two, period. This is one of the most baffling things. It's like the media did the poll. They, did, they, they filled out their ballots sent them in they did the poll for the top 10 the 10 ranking they sent that in and they used two parts of their brain to do it like look at all this case it's loaded i'm putting them down for fifth the only explanation i could come up with is there were so many the the votes that k-state players got they got a plurality they didn't get a majority you know, right. They might have won five votes to four, to four, to three, to three, to two, to two, to one. I was surprised King Felix was Defensive Player of the Year. I was. I, thought, I, I didn't feel like he was understood enough through the conference last year. I thought Deuce had a better chance of being Offensive Player of the Year than Felix did. A deep, and he should have been. 
That's exactly right. I mean, we're talking to Deuce yesterday, and I jokingly asked him, like, do you feel like maybe you should have been Offensive Player of the Year? And 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 I mean, you're, you're happy to Felix, but he was like, no, you know, it's it's just it's you know, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. But you know, he has to feel like he's been having to play second second fiddle to Bajan Robinson the entire time he's been at K State. And, and who's it's a great running back. Yeah, um, he, he, exactly. But, but I still think Deuce is better. Well, he's more durable, obviously, which is kind of ironic. I, I compared on WHB. I did a hit yesterday with uh, Seren, and uh, I said, well, one guy's a Lamborghini, and the other guy's a Jeep. He'll just take you off-road, and he's rugged, and he'll, he'll go wherever you need, and he's nice and compact. And that's really a good comparison because the Texas media is wowed by the Lamborghini, not by the fun vehicle that will make your life better. And that's Deuce. He's, he's a better all-around player than a guy that's a really special running back. I'm not saying Bijan Robinson isn't special. He's really good. But he's been injured, and when he's good, he's good. But the numbers aren't there to back this up. But again, it's the Texas media. Once the Big 12 sheds itself of the University of Texas – they'll probably be shedding themselves of 20% of the people voting in this preseason ballot. And, and that's really how it's always been skewed. And we'll have a more honest and diverse ballot when media from Ohio and Florida and Utah are included. And then you get the Houston media that will covering the Cougars, which honestly, if, if you're covering the Houston Cougars in, the, in uh, that market, you're like number five on the pecking order at wherever you work. It's not going to be a big deal. Maybe they'll send the columnists to this event next year. I don't know. but yeah. Gills, so in comparing this to basketball terms, K-State had one player on the first team at the end of the season last year, right, with Nigel Pack. One player on the second team with Mark Smith and an honorable mention. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And they finished finished eighth in the conference. So comparatively speaking, can we kind of relate that to this? I think you're only as strong as your weakest link. Link, and I'm not saying that K-State's bottom of their roster is terrible, but you've got to remember that it does take. I mean, it's it's more than just Deuce Vaughn or whoever. Felique uh, Anadike. I can't talk today. Felique. Felique. Felique Navidad. It's more than just those guys. But Fitz, I know you talk about this a lot and how uh, certain media members will look at you know the positives of teams, look at what this team is getting. And then they'll look at Kansas State and say, look at what this team is losing. Because it's fair that, you know, Skyler's going to be gone. K-State lost some players from last season. But overall, I mean, it's just, it's malarkey that K-State's picked fifth. Did you throw out a malarkey? I did. Hey, write down the time. i got to bleep that out. <laughs> Next question comes from KSU number one along these same lines. Was getting ranked, by, was getting ranked fifth by the media an insult? I don't think so. Not intentional. K-State's used to this. This happens right. every year. The players were fired up, too. Like, you could tell this year it was like they they feel like they have the talent to win a Big 12 championship. And you could tell it's like we're used to it. It didn't surprise us. I, I, I got a DM last night that, from someone on uh, the Twitter machine that pointed out something really interesting. And, and honestly, it, in hindsight, he's exactly right, and I didn't quite pick it up. This group of guys came here – not with a cockiness, but that quiet confidence that the great K-State teams have always had. I think they know that they're really good. And an indication of that 
is the fact you brought four players to Arlington, which is the tradition. It was two last year. And you didn't bring the defensive player of the year because you had other guys worthy of the trip. Daniel Green and Eli Huggins were the defensive players. And you can argue that maybe they should have brought Felix instead of Eli. But coach said, look, this is a six-year senior who has been kind of the the nervous system of our defense. And he's really good. And he's good. He's he's it was a it was a really impressive group of young men and K Staters should be proud of that. You can make an argument for voting K State second or third if Martinez plays his best football, but we've talked about this a ton. What if he gets injured? What if he is turnover prone? Then I think it's fair to pick them seventh or eighth if that's what you think is gonna happen. But I, mean, I think it's not an insult to pick them at fifth. Yeah, I think no, it's, it's, not it's an wrong insult. in my opinion, but it's not an insult. Right. I, I think they cut the baby in half. You're exactly right. If, if Adrian Martinez is as good as we think he can be, Casey's going to be playing in the stadium in December for the championship. If he's what he has been at Nebraska, maybe there'll be six in there. If he gets injured and Will Howard struggles again, which I don't think will happen, uh, I think Will will be better if he has to play. Uh, then you're talking seventh or eighth. I will say this. It's hard to do the ballot this year. Because there is no obvious top five program in the country in this conference this year. And the fact that Oklahoma, while they might have a lot of talent on the roster, had one pick for the All-Big 12 team and it was a punter, kind of tells you that there's a little dip there that from all the transfers out and everything going on with the change of coaches that might impact them in a way more tangible than what the voters think. Well, forget Texas. We've sat we've sat here and talked a lot about Texas. Why is Oklahoma picked ahead of K State? I, I again, my ballot would have been I'm good with it. I, I don't have a problem with it because they've proven it over and over. I, in the I, I, I'm field. with Texas you. Texas is. Will you please make them prove it? Yeah. On a consistent basis. There's no reason K State should have been picked under Texas. Now, getting back to how I closed the first half, I have never voted in these polls. Because I feel like as someone in this industry, I cover Kansas State, and I can't do proper service mm-hmm. to, to judging everyone in this conference. But after this behavior I've seen from the media that I've trusted to, poll, to do these polls in the past, I'm done. Guys, if we all come back next year, we're all voting. Not one ballot, four ballots. <laughs> I'm done being respectful to the honor of the ballot because it's gone. It's been gone for years, and I just didn't quite pick up on it. Do we want to do our ballot right now? No, let's not do that. But I will say this. if I Where would you put K-State, I guess, is my my actual question. Third. For the same reasons that Gills just pointed out, but I think the swing is between one and six, and I I would probably just park them at third because I think Oklahoma and Baylor, Oklahoma State and Baylor, excuse me, are one and two. What order? Going into the season? Going into the season. Yes. I would have those three, one, two, and three, and then Oklahoma. And I still don't know about Texas at five. I mean, look, it's not going to be Kansas. Texas Tech, they got a high school coach, apparently. He's really (laughs) proud of that. Um, TCU has a new coach. Uh, West Virginia, Neil Brown's kind of, you know. And Iowa State, they lost so much. So I might park Texas at five because they do have B. John Robinson. They do have talent. So, but yeah, I would. I, but that the media in this on this football field right now, eighty percent of them. If you said, would you ever put 
Oklahoma and Texas below the top three? Oh, I know I couldn't do that. What, what world is that? It's, it's just really alien to them. It is interesting. You look at the bottom of the league, and even if K-State does reach its floor and everything goes wrong, you mentioned West Virginia's had some, some turmoil this offseason. TCU and Tech have new coaches. KU's going to be awful. So K-State, I mean, even if things go wrong, I feel like fifth or sixth could just be the worst-case scenario for the Wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Zach if disagrees. I, if I had to pick, if I had to move them from pick, from fifth to somewhere else, I'd probably pick them fourth. I'd still probably keep OU above them. I think that's I think fair. That's, yeah, that's but very like, even like I just I think fifth place for K State this year is extremely fair. If not, and and based on what I've said, you know, I'd be happy if K State got seven wins. Maybe not happy. I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be disappointed. Now, I, I the one thing I can't explain about the ballot is someone gave Iowa State a first place vote. <laughs> that person should never get to vote again. Do you remember a few years ago where there was some, I think it was like Spanish radio in Austin or something, picked K-State first. And someone was like, whoever, and like K-State certainly did not deserve to be picked first, but someone like said like, whoever was this, reveal your ballot and just explain yourself. And it was like, yeah, here's this and this and this. And they're like, all right. It was interesting, but hmm. there was that one that one year a few years ago where K-State Yeah, people asked me, was it you? No, I don't vote. No, it wasn't me. Next question. Yeah, please. Next question. Next question comes from Cat in Colorado. What was the most surprising answer from a player or coach to a question thus far? The answer you thought, wow, I did not expect to hear that. Adrian Martinez prefers So Long Saloon over Taco Lucha. That was a controversy. Unbelievable. That's not controversial. That was a co- Get out of here, Zach. You I mean, there's so, there's some people at this table affiliated with one of those places, and he seems to be a little surprised by that. Technically, we're all affiliated. Not on this podcast. Good point. That's a good point. Though. All valid. Um, look, um, I you don't hear those things from K-Staters. I mean, that's folks, Things life didn't change dramatically between Coach Snyder and Coach Kleiman. These guys still conduct themselves professionally. These guys still come down in suit and tie. These guys are really quality guys that aren't out here talking trash. Um, and Adrian has an opportunity to do so. Deuce had an opportunity to do so. He, he had plenty of opportunity. Daniel was a prince. Daniel was a rock star. Uh, Daniel Green. And Eli Huggins, of course, um, is just awesome. You, you want to go skin a deer with him or something. My, the, the answer to this question for me is... Um, is Adrian Martinez talking about burning bridges in Nebraska? I know somebody put up site. I think Riley put a, put up something on the site about it, but the fact that I, it was looked like it was uncomfortable for him to answer. Yeah, he was. He was. He still got friends like, there. Yeah, because he was like, "Well, you know, I hope." And it just goes back to what we've been talking about. I mean, Nebraska fans, for the most part, can't stand him for whatever reason. Well, they they need his failure at Kansas State to validate yes. that it wasn't Nebraska. It was all this kid. Yeah. It's not that's not I, it can't be the case. I There's felt, no reality to that. I felt bad for him when he's answering this question. He's like, "I hope I didn't burn any bridges. Like I have lifelong friends that right. I made up there." And it, you almost got the sense that it was like he didn't burn any bridges with the staff or with the players, but it was more along the lines of the fans. And to me, anytime a kid talks like that, that that rubs me a little bit in some kind of way. I mean, he's never played in a bowl game. I mean, feeling that pressure from the fans, it's like, 
I feel like at a certain point, I think that the criticism is valid, but at the same time, once you leave, I feel like this Nebraska fan's obsession with Adrian Martinez and his successor failure to validate feelings is just, it's bizarre, Fitz. It's, it, it, it's, it's strange. strange. It's strange, but on the other hand, I'm going to love if he excels at K-State and the reality hits them that it was something greater than this one college-age young man. Now, if you step out of sight of K-State, Mike Gundy saying Oklahoma and Texas have no business being included in any <laughs> Big 12 meetings was probably the best comment and the most accurate comment. If it doesn't deal with something immediate of this season, they should not be in the room. And I think what's happened here this week not only has proven it, but let's, let's just say it. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. They're snakes. So if you're talking about anything that might project beyond their membership, which includes next year when technically they're going to be here, you excuse them. You look at them and say, well, pending the negotiations of removing you from the conference or you leaving the conference early, you cannot be included in this conversation because you may not be part of this conference. If you would like to agree to pay an exit fee and exit the conference promptly after this season, then you you certainly can't be here. But if you're going to be here and nothing's changing, then maybe you can stay. But if there's an opportunity for you to leave, no, you got to go. You can't be in here while we discuss anything. I'm exhausted by it. This can't, folks... If you sense the tension kind of around here and how pissy the Oklahoma and Texas media are that they're on the same day for the first time in the history of the conference, which I think is funny, it's like the gravest of insults. We don't get our own day. Um, This can't perpetuate over three more seasons. How are you going to let them play in this conference through 24 with this? Uh, I, I know that uh, the ADs at Oklahoma and Texas are probably listening. Right. 100%. They probably are, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just pony up the money. Uh, Oklahoma, go to one of your oil companies and say, we need to borrow $100 million, and we will pay you back in money and advertising, in uh, Brent Venable's nudes, whatever you need. (laughs) We need $100 million to get out of this conference next year. And that's what it's going to cost. And Texas will go, okay, just a hundred, okay. I mean, you don't, you really don't want two hundred. I mean, because it's always a money flex from Texas. They've made it clear they could pay. They just don't. They don't think the Big Twelve needs that. So yeah, this this has to end. This I've, I've come to believe this conference needs to move on, and next year needs to be the new twelve. It can't include Oklahoma and Texas. Last question of the podcast comes from Go Stay Kate. Will NIL funding be part of the next media rights deal to make sure there's an equal plane, there is an equal on-field product as other conferences? Oh, the NIL is totally separate from institutions. It has nothing to do with it. Now, technically, um, I guess the media entity could say, well, we will pay players to do promos to, you know, endorse things and because let's be honest let's let's say my dream scenario full disclosure 24 7 sports is a subsidiary of cbs 
Digital, which used to be CBS Interactive. I missed. They, are they not CBSI anymore? That now our logo says Digital, mm. um, which is not CBS Sports, but we're under you know CBS Entertainment, CBS News, CBS Sports, CBS Digital, CBS Viacom. Well, on the ticker, kind of go into Paramount off of Viacom. Anyhow, they changed the name. So uh, CBS, is, there's been some rumblings on the the internet about CBS looking now at the Big Twelve, saying. That's going to be our conference. Fox has them. ESPN has them. We don't want to pay that level of money to start with, but the Big 12 affords us an opportunity to have inventory for 11 a.m. kickoffs, Central, noon kickoffs, Eastern, and then have Big 12 after dark if they pick up Pac-12 teams. So I think there could be an opportunity there for let's say next year Felix and UDK Uzama to do you're watching the Big 12 on Paramount Plus if it was next year it won't be next year it's being 25 but yeah I mean maybe that's something where they could say yeah we're going to hire the prominent student athletes to promote our products because we want your fans to subscribe that's Avery what this is about Johnson yeah I mean Avery Johnson you're you know you're watching Big 12 football on Paramount Plus I have some breaking CBS. news yes uh Kansas State basketball has inked a game with, for the second time this podcast, we never talk about this school, the Cal Golden Bears in California. For next year? For 2022, November 11th at Haas Pavilion. And two years from now, they will come to Bramlage. 2024, 2025. There is your breaking news. That's it. That'll be an interconference game because Cal's going to be in the in the Big 12. Oh, 100%. oh that's, that's the big news. What is that, Saturday? Is that Saturday? I, I don't know. This is important to me. Uh, Google Calendar. Oh, I just advertised for someone. November 11th. It's early. Very early. Hold it's on, Friday. The no- it's November Friday. 11th? November 11th. That is prior to K-State's game at Baylor. Way to go, Tang. Couldn't do it on Thursday. Hard. Very interesting. That's a good game. Be fun. Hey, here's what I'll be interested to see: how many fans show up at Cal? None. None. Probably, I'd guess. Cal's awful in basketball, aren't they? They've been awful. Depends on the year. What? Where were we going? You just sidetracked my brain. Yeah, I know. That's all I. I thought. I don't. I don't know. I'm done. What were we discussing? Nil. Oh yeah. And realignment. Yeah. And TV deals. The the thing is, is the NIL is supposed to be completely separate from athletic departments. They're supposed to be fan and business driven, and they're not. They're, you know, schools are having to get involved. The NIL is absolutely not supposed to be part of the recruiting process, and we know it is. It's why the NCAA is useless and feckless and needs to be reformed or trashed. I'm kind of hopeful that whatever the NCAA has been is gutted and becomes something different under a new name and I'm kind of with the Big 12 should never be the big anything anymore the Big 10 I just read this I don't know it's an athletic story the Big 10 is the big conference the, the Big 12 or whatever it's going to be when it gets goes to 16 I think that's going to be the sweet spot for the conference needs to be something totally different and, and, and outside of uh, surf and turf, I don't know what to go with. The mega 16. Yeah. The, the huge 16. 16. Or 
Paramount conference, and they pay for it. It would actually be interesting to see a conference sell its naming rights. It kind of like, kind of like what the Premier League has done in the past, or what NASCAR did under Brett Yormer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Might be a good way to end it there, Fitz. That's it for this podcast. Thanks, Zach. That uh, you, it, that was a good way of saying I'm hungry, and they just started serving lunch. Hope you've enjoyed our coverage from down here. We're about to head back and do something probably illegal and controversial. <laughs> Uh, but we will be recording in overtime that hopefully will be good enough to actually put out in public because we're going to do it while we're driving. And there won't be a lot of sound effects, but I'll probably have to bleep things out. Uh, Gills, before we go, how many bleep outs of me cursing at traffic and other drivers will I have to do? What's the over under? Oh, gosh. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. I'll say seven and a half. Okay. As the guy so you can, have the under. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're going to see what happens, but the overtime will drop on Friday or maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday. But we appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.